This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Great to have you on this Wednesday night. It has been one of those busy days. And of course, there's lots of other stuff going on. But let us uh, have our Wednesday visit with our friends over at Black Locks Reporter who do an awful lot of digging for the little nubs and things and issues that don't often get the attention, but they should because they actually do matter. And Mr. Tom Korski is the managing editor of Black Locks Reporter. He joins us now. Good to have you. Thank you, Alex. Holy, is it ever busy in Ottawa these days? Uh, you got the Truckers Convoy and, of course, uh, the big developments with Aaron O'Toole these days. And you know who's pretty happy about that? Mr. Justin Trudeau. What are your thoughts? Well, this is what failure looks like. I mean, it's not pretty, right? <laughs> So, yeah. so the party has that we would have uh, Stephen Harper, Rona Ambrose, Andrew Shear, Aaron O'Toole. This would be leader number five in a period of seven years. But mm-hmm. as uh, Senator Denise Batter said when she uh, was the first uh, office holder in caucus to speak out against O'Toole, said, you can't lose another election. And that would be four in a row. And that's uh, the liberals face that themselves. Uh, 15 years ago, and that's a dark place. Uh, but yeah. th- there's really th- that that that's what failure is, and um, I don't think really there was any choice. And obviously, two thirds of the caucus felt that way. Boy, oh boy, Denise Batters, uh, she looks to be getting the last laugh, but nonetheless, uh, it's going to be fascinating to watch. The problem, though, as you well know, Tom, is that when there's not a strong opposition, then it's hard to hold those in charge, like the Trudeau government, to account. And there's so much to hold them to account, which is why I'm so glad you guys are around, because... You guys dig up a lot of the stuff, and at least we can make sure it stays out in the open. And you guys had a hell of a scoop um, that absolutely needs to be talked about. Reports that 205,000 ballots um, sent to, to mail voters, so those who wanted to mail them in, didn't actually either make it in time or couldn't be counted because they either uh, missed the deadline or people didn't get them. Elections Canada has issued an apology that they're deeply sorry for an elector who, you know, wasn't able to vote on election day. But when you look at the numbers of the split between the conservatives and the, the, you know, the liberals, it was only 190,000 votes. And so if 205,000 people didn't get a chance to vote and they're just finding out about it, that's a bit of a problem. It's a staggering number. As you mentioned, these are votes that were uncounted or unrecovered. They were asked, they were requested by, by electors who were qualified. They passed the test. They, everyone filled out the questionnaire, checked the boxes. And the ballots, for various reasons, were not counted. Why is this a problem? Well, it could mean, uh, and this, no member of any caucus would be happy with this, Alex. It could mean that Trudeau should have a majority, or it could mean he shouldn't Mm. be prime minister at all. But either way, everyone would agree this is a badly run election. You know, there have been MPs and senators over the years have said, we need an elections committee. This is crucial. This is important. This is how you determine how you are governed. Elections Canada operates in its own little building with almost no parliamentary scrutiny. They show up at budget time for a 20-minute meet and greet at a Commons committee, 
and that's it. This calls out for scrutiny. They were not on the job, Alex. This was a badly run election. 205,000 Canadian citizens didn't get to vote because of Elections Canada. That's just unacceptable. Yeah, and Elections Canada, as I recall, um, had said, look, like a pandemic election, this is rushed. We don't really need it. But nonetheless, like, uh, are we going to have time to do it? There were a lot of concerns about whether they could carry this off, whether people would get to vote in time. And they had thousands of complaints after I think it was 9,000 complaints. And so what happens now? Is this something that will be investigated? Is it something that, um, like, how, how, where does the process go from here? Because I don't No one's hearing about this, obviously. It has to be investigated, and I would be frankly surprised if no Commons Committee, uh, you know, didn't look into this. I mean, it's a stagger. They were fully funded. This was their job. This is the only reason they're paid, Alex. And at no point did Elections Canada said, poor pitiful me, if only we had a budget increase. But, you know, if there were 200,000 light planes crashing at Richardson Airport in Winnipeg, we have some questions for the air traffic controllers. This is 205,000 thousand ballots that went into thin air. That's unacceptable. They were fully funded. It's too bad there was a pandemic election. But anyway, there you have it. 200,000 people didn't get a chance to speak. That's unacceptable. It should be. But again, oh, yeah, we don't have an opposition uh, party. So uh, therefore, unless you guys dig it up, which I'm sure you will, uh, we'll have to wait and see on this. And then meanwhile, the other reason you want a good opposition is because there are actually things being tabled that are very, very consequential. One of those being Bill C-10. And what do you know? Cabinet uh, was served notice that it's going to be reintroduced again by the Liberals. This is all about uh, regulating the Internet. Many people felt it was a censorship bill. And if we we don't have an opposition that is, um, you know, dotting the I's and crossing the T's. This is one of those slippery slopes that a lot of people could uh, very much regret if it gets passed. And a version of that bill was just introduced and is now being scrutinized as we speak. Uh, cabinet does have this fetish about Internet regulation. <laughs> this, in yeah. its original iteration, would have seen YouTube broadcast uh, videos that are uploaded by people for private viewing in individuals' homes, federally regulated by the CRTC, like TV shows. And there were a lot of uh, uh, critics, free speech advocates, friends of the Internet, right across the political spectrum, who were made extremely nervous by this. Well, the bill is back. In a, in a new form. The difference is this time, everyone, all the free speech advocates, and I mean that's left, right, and center, Alex, they are right on the game. Last time, the uh, government caucus tried to pull a sneaky with a little quiet amendments on a Friday afternoon in the Commons Heritage Committee, not this time. They know that this will be a huge fight, not least of all because the question remains, why would uh, Canada want to be in the forefront as um, among G7 countries in regulating the Internet. What's up with that? Well, after you've seen the demonization of uh, truckers in the Freedom Convoy protest, the picture starts to become clear. Yeah. Boy, oh boy. Well, we'll have to watch that. And the other thing I think is interesting, Attorney General David Lametti, you guys found out he spent $123,000 in legal um, costs to conceal the records on the firing of the Chinese scientists at the federal lab. Now, they're saying that this is all about um, national security. Okay, 
It may very well be, but they don't want anyone seeing these papers of why this happened. Uh, I don't know why they can't, you know, get the MPs in a room and say, here, this is what's going on. You got to embargo it, whatever. But they don't want them out. Um, and they're using this argument of national security as the excuse. That doesn't mean that that it should be, uh, you know, an accepted talking point. Well, it's also national security is, is extremely self-serving. Of course, governments will always <laughs> invoke national security on every right. screw-up. The fact is these were Chinese scientists, some with affiliation with the People's Liberation of Army. Are you kidding me? Who got security clearance at our far most federal lab? God bless him. Attorney General Lametti wanted to keep that a secret from you, and he spent $123,000 of your money on legal fees to keep it a secret from you. No, there's nothing to see here. <laughs> it's not a thing. It's, Not a thing. runs like a Swiss watch. There's nothing to see, and I want to stress that. <laughs> All right. So are we ever going to see it? Are we ever? Absolutely. Is there? I mean, now that now that the now that the conservatives are like complete dumpster fire. I mean, like, who's going to push for this? Who is going to push for this? Absolutely. No, no. Everything comes right, out in time. You... There's a, everything comes out in time, and you know the suspicion is here. And I know that there are some people who believe there's very, very dark, dark uh, secrets in those documents that Attorney General Lametti was desperate not to show to MPs in private. You know what the uh, the even money says. Uh, as John Williamson, a mem member from New Brunswick Southwest, said, you know what? It's probably just butt covering. You better believe it. They got Absolutely. in these Chinese scientists. There was some data, went back to the Wuhan Institute of Virology. We know that already based on limited disclosures. And then everyone wanted to save their hide. And that's what happened. Yeah. That trucking convoy should stay put where it is, because as long as it's there, Trudeau can hide behind it, and it will serve as a big old deflection on things like that. All right. Well, I'm glad you guys are digging. Um, we'll look forward to what you have next, and we'll talk again, I'm sure of it. Have a great show, Alex. That is Mr. Tom Korski with Black Locks Reporter, of course, a subscription-based publication worth every penny. And if you don't have it, you can then, of course, visit with us on Mondays and Wednesdays at 9 o'clock when Tom comes to have a chat. I'm Alex Pearson. This is On Point.